Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are Jim Fryer, our Managing Editor, and Sharp Smith, our Technology Editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. Our Q1 2022 issue is in production and will be available shortly. An annual subscription to Intelligence also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com intelligence. So, when AT&T and Verizon agreed to the second delay of turning on 5G around certain airports, it was a six-month delay, and that would have been up July 5th. So last week, well, actually before last week, there have been several meetings between the airlines, the FAA, the FCC, and AT&T and Verizon about this issue. The uh, airlines are worried that 5G emissions, even though they're not in the same frequency band as as airline radio altimeters, uh, they're worried about interference. And so AT&T and Verizon agreed to not turn on 5G on certain towers near some big airports and uh, to operate others at half power. So... Since July 5th is approaching, the big question is what was going to happen now? The FAA had been pushing the airlines to either upgrade or replace the radio altimeters. Um, They hope that these steps will protect commercial air travel from disruption. Um, And that's aside from the fact that the airlines have had disruption anyway now that air, uh, air flight has ticked up and they are don't have enough pilots. But the big, they came up, uh, they came to an agreement, AT&T, Verizon, the FAA, and the FCC, and the airlines agreed to a path forward on 5G operations around certain airports. Basically, AT&T and Verizon agreed to hold off operating some towers near certain airports for a year giving the airlines a chance to either upgrade or replace the altimeters. Um, The acting FAA administrator, Billy Nolan, said, we appreciate the willingness of AT&T and Verizon to continue this important and productive collaboration with the aviation industry. A spokesman for Verizon said the Path forward will, quote, enable Verizon to make full use of our C-band spectrum for 5G around airports on an accelerated and defined schedule. Under this agreement reached with the FAA, we will lift the voluntary limitations on our 5G network deployment around airports in a staged approach over the coming months. So meaning even more consumers and businesses will benefit from 5G. AT&T said what they agreed to is a more tailored approach to controlling signal strength around runways 
that allows the carrier to activate more towers and increase signal strength. Through our FCC, uh, though our FCC licenses allow us to fully deploy much needed C-band spectrum right now, we have chosen in good faith to implement these more tailored precautionary measures so that the airlines have additional time to retrofit equipment. We appreciate the FAA's support of this approach and we will continue to work with the aviation community as we move toward the expiration of all such voluntary measures by next summer. That's 2023. Um, airlines and other operators of aircraft equipped with the affected radio altimeters must install filters or other remedies as soon as possible. Um, these fixes for the commercial fleet should be available on a schedule that would permit the work to be largely completed by next July, Nolan said. Um, at that time, the wireless companies expect to operate their networks in urban areas with minimal restrictions. So we'll have to see how this turns out. Um, the, the airlines have really been hit with COVID and um, they don't have enough pilots. They're rescheduling flights like crazy. And to them, this was one more expense. So we'll have to see how this shapes up as the months go by. And Jim, what have you got for us? Uh, yes, Leslie, this week, uh, this past week, uh, Ericsson came out with its uh, annual mobility report, which is uh, off-quoted, uh, very in-depth uh, breakout of uh, global traffic usage. And our track business editor, John Celentano, did a great piece on uncovering that. Uh, and Basically, it showed how 5G usage, uh, what the outlook of is for 5G usage, and John tied that into how that impacts wireless infrastructure demand. Uh, and the report basically bodes well for both, uh, that 5G usage will increase. Uh, Ericsson projects it out to 2027, uh, showing that... Um, Smartphone usage will increase by 22% CAGR, that's compound annual growth rate uh, for all of you playing at home. And um, mobile PCS will increase by 7%. Uh, tablets will uh, boost that usage by 15% um, over, over that, that period of time from now until 2027. How that impacts wireless infrastructure, as John pointed out, is that uh, mobile subscriptions are broken out by different air interface technologies. Uh, for instance, 2G, 3G mobile subscriptions were around 2.7 billion in 2021, but that will decline at a negative 13% CAGR to 1.2 billion by 2027. Uh, 4G LTE mobile subscriptions are on the decline as well, but at a slower rate. Um, so the uptake, uh, John concluded, in 5G mobile subscriptions will be at a much faster pace because of they're starting from a small base. And 5G mobile subscriptions are projected to grow at a 41% CAGR from 50 million in 2021 to nearly 4.4 billion in 2027 and will account for 
48% of worldwide mobile subscriptions by 2027. All of this uh, means that the mobile network operators cannot slow down their capital investments in their networks. So uh, John Solentano concludes that the, the US wireless CapEx will jump by 25% in 2022 to over 45 billion, but then settle down to about 30 to 35 billion a year over the next three to four years as the mobile network operators step up to meet that escalating traffic demand. So all in all, um, higher CapEx uh, means bodes well for wireless infrastructure across the board and the uh, uh, projection to 2027, as laid out by John and as laid out by the Erickson report, uh, shows that there's going to be a lot of work ahead for everybody concerned. All right. Well, thank you, Jim. Sharp, what have you got for us today? The news story that I that I uh, that I chose for today has to do with uh, 5G uplink data rates, and um, the news from the week was. Uh, uh, was an MNO uh, Elisa Corporation in Finland uh, achieved an uplink data rate of uh, 2.1 gigabits per second on a commercial Nokia network uh, using uh, uh, terminals from Qualcomm. And when I uh, looked at that, and of course they they uh, <laughs> say are want to do, they said that this is the fastest uh, uplink uh, 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 ever. And um, that always makes me wonder, okay, uh, who, who, who else is uh, claiming uh, uh, that they have the best in the, uh, in the world? And um, uh, in Thailand uh, earlier this year, Advanced uh, Information Services, um, it's an MNO um, based there, uh, also worked with Qualcomm and ZTE and announced that they had achieved 2.17 gigahertz per second uplink, as opposed to 2.1 gigabits, uh, giga, gigabits per second uh, for, for, uh, for Elisa. And uh, they were using uh, new radio, dual connectivity, um, and um, they were combining uh, two 5G frequency bands, one sub six, uh, 2.6 gigahertz, and the other uh, with the 5G uh, milliwater Milliwave uh, band at uh, 26 gigahertz. And uh, the reason that, uh, that this really did ca catch my eye is, uh, uh, you know, Uplink has been sort of our uh, Achilles heel in sort of competition with, with, uh, with fiber and uh, uh, the uh, symmetrical um, data rates that the government is, uh, uh, is requiring are basically 100 megahertz up, 100 megahertz down. And um, so uh, I think that it's important for the, uh, for the, for the wireless industry to, uh, to increase its uplink uh, data rate so that it can compete with fiber. Uh, it's my basic feeling about that. So when you look at, uh, when you look at this and you think, well, these are gigabit speeds and that's requiring, uh, you know, 100 megabits per second. Uh, it's, it's good to, uh, to, to know that 
when when the, when they're achieving these these uh, these up uh, rates, uh, these are in uh, uh, stadiums. Um, in fact, uh, the one that Lisa did was in uh, Nokia Arena, and uh, they used 26 gigahertz base stations, and uh, uh, they uh, they use carrier aggregation to uh, to combine four 100 megahertz bands. Uh, so, so basically, they're using a uh, they're using a channel that's 400 megahertz wide, uh, and so you're not you're just not going to find that uh, anywhere but other other than up in the mega, uh, millwave band, and uh, so it's something that uh, you're going to be able to achieve in a situation that's pristine and perfect like inside of a, a of arena where there are no trees and there are no houses. Uh, as far as fixed wireless access, um, you've got pesky things like trees and houses and um, and whatnot uh, getting in the way of, uh, of, of, uh, of uh, frequency waves. So it's, uh, it's not something that's going to uh, be uh, some be applicable directly to uh, uh, to the to the real world, but I think I think what's uh, what's interesting is that uh, it's getting faster, and and uh, and the faster it gets, the the better uh, wireless will be able to uh, uh, to compete, and. Um, uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting is since we had two, two, uh, two quote unquote world records uh, this year, I was curious to find out, uh, okay, well, what, what was the last uh, uh, record, uh, if you will? And, uh, and it looks like at the end of uh, 2021, uh, the uh, a company, uh, an MNO called Telstra, uh, was working with Ericsson and Qualcomm, which seems to Qualcomm seems to be uh, right in the middle of all of these uh, these record data rate things, which I think is interesting. So Telstra is working with Ericsson and Qualcomm, uh, and they set an uplink data speed uh, uh, record, if you will, of close to one gigabit per second on a commercial network. Uh, during a live demo in Queensland, Australia. And uh, once again, they're using an NRDC, a new radio, dual connectivity uh, radio from, uh, from Ericsson and carrier aggregation. Um, so, so if you think about it, um, if these numbers are to be believed in, uh, uh, in just, uh, just short of six months, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, uplink rates have doubled. So uh, I think with the help of millimeter wave, and obviously with the help of, uh, of, of the Snapdragon uh, that, that Qualcomm's providing, uh, uplink rates for wireless have, uh, have basically doubled in six months. So I don't know if they can keep up that rate, uh, but uh, I think that uh, it's something that uh, is really important for wireless, and uh, and it looks to me like it's uh, moving in the right direction. So, 
uh, as they say, watch the space, and we'll see uh, we'll see how things uh, move in the future. Thank you, Sharp. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review, and we will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.